Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be back downtown. It feels good. It's always good to be back here. You know, it was uh, 19 weeks ago that you sent my family and I packing. And uh, we went out to the wilderness, uh, the, the wild west, west shore. And uh, well, actually, it's the promised land in so many ways. And, uh, and you sent us there. It's been 19 weeks. And in these 19 weeks, God has been doing some really exciting stuff. And, and what I like about our church here at GT is it's not like you guys and us, like, we're all in this together, and we, like a win for us is a win for you, and a win for you is a win for us. And in the last 19 weeks, we've seen over 50 people give their hearts to the Lord, and uh, which is really, really exciting. For, for, for a new church plant beginning up and starting up again. Um, families are coming back to church. We dedicated seven babies when we did our baby dedications, which is really exciting. Um, newcomers to Canada are, are finding home a home in our space at, in the West Shore, and it's been really exciting to see that community grow. Um, we have refugees from Ukraine who call West Shore home, um, who've been trying to figure out how to find God in and through this season, and it's, it's been really exciting and, and we, we thank you for your prayers. Um, we need your prayers. We uh, appreciate your prayers. We, we, we feel your prayers. And so, so, so come out and visit us. Come out and say hi. If you live in the West Shore, come say hi because our home is your home and we just want to hang out with you. It'd be really great. And so my wife and I, um, Shandy's in the West Shore today. Pastor Andy's there. He sends his love to you this morning. Um, but uh, when my wife and I were first married, we were broke. Can anybody, 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 can I get a witness in the house? You get married and you are broke. Then you have kids and you get even broker. That's how it works. When we have four kids, we're like super broke. And, uh, but uh, when we were first married, we're trying to find dates, right? And how do you find a good date when you're first married? And so like, so we go for a walk, but that got old. And then we, then we go for a coffee because that's cheap. Uh, um, go to McDonald's, but that's kind of lame. And, and, but eventually we found out a really good tactic and we're like, let's go to the SPCA and pet some cats. And that sounds like, to me, that sounds like uh, hell. Uh, but to my wife, that sounded like heaven. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. It's all about her. And, and so, so we went to the SPCA to, to go and, and pet some cats for a super hot date. And so if you have anybody, you're newly married in the house, this is where your romance begins. And so we find ourselves in the SPCA and we walk, we walk in and Shandy is grinning, like ear to ear, super smile. And she's walking in and I'm thinking to myself, this is a pretty good choice. Look how happy she is. This is awesome. We walk down the hallway, we get to this room that they affectionately call the cat room. And uh, they say, would you like to pet some cats? And Shandy, she's elated. She's so excited. Yes, I want to pet some cats. And, and, and so they open the door slowly and they, they, they let us in. And then they quickly slam the door behind us. And it was at that moment I realized, I think we're in trouble. Because they wanted the cats not to escape, but there's a part of me that thought they wanted to keep me in there forever. Because as soon as you step into that room and you look around, it took me all of five seconds to realize why those cats are in that room. Because they were gross. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, um, the old Christmas classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the claymation version. Remember the Island of Misfit Toys? That's, that's what it felt like when you walked in there. And, and you're looking around and you see them. There's Limpy and Lumpy and Baldy and Grumpy. And they're, 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 they're all there. And, and I'm thinking to myself, Ugh. and Shandy's like, oh. 
I'll be your mama, and I'll be your mama, and I'll be your mama. And she's going around, and I'm thinking, I need you to be my mama and get me out of here, girl. This is crazy. And so 30, 30 minutes goes by, an hour goes by, and we find ourselves in this room. All of a sudden, I notice a light goes out outside, and I'm thinking, maybe it's a sensor light. They're trying to be cost-effective and efficient. But I say to Shandy, it's time to go. So she proceeds to say goodbye to every single cat in there by name. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I take a couple out of her purse because she's a thief. And, and, and so I'm just kidding. She's not. Um, she's a sinner saved by grace. But we went to go leave. And as we were leaving, we get into the hallway and we notice how dark it is. But it's not like cost-effective dark, like, like energy-saving dark. It's like creepy dark. Like, I think they locked us in here dark. It's like... There's no way they could have possibly did that, but I think they may have done that dark. And we walk our way to the, through the hall, we get into the main office, and lo and behold, we're locked in the SPCA. <laughs> like literally a person's worst nightmare. <laughs> like we're in cat prison. And, and I look across the room, like you ever think about the, do you remember that prison like in the United States, the Alcatraz? You ever, if you think about that word, you break it down, Alcat. Like it is a prison for cats. And we're in there and I can see that the light is blinking on the lock on the door. And I'm thinking, great, I can't, I can't leave this place. If I, get, if I go to leave, the police come and they arrest me. They're going to arrest me for breaking into the SPCA. And that is like the lamest excuse ever to go to prison. Like just imagine being in jail and someone says, what do you win for? Because everybody talks like that in jail. <laughs> what do you win for? And they're like, snuggling cats. <laughs> You say smuggling cats. I'm like, no, not smuggling. I was snuggling them. That's why I'm here. And so, so I'm terrified in there. What are we going to do? And so we start going behind the counter and calling everybody we could to try and figure out if someone could come save us. Eventually, Shandy found somebody who worked at the SPCA. And she said, hi, uh, you won't believe this, but we're locked in the SPCA. And she thought it was a prank call. And Shandy had to explain to them that, no, this is real. And uh, eventually they came. They let us out. We were saved. Praise the Lord. And do you know what they did? They apologized to us, and they gave us a voucher for two cats. <laughs> two for one. I think it was like actually like a business plan for them. And it was, it was a business, business plan. And it was, it, it, this is real, friends. And, and the moral of this story is that when you walk in the dark, bad things happen. <laughs> and at this point of our sermon series, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. And this is an interesting portion of Ephesians. Because what Paul begins to do is he begins to teach on this concept of light and dark. And what it means as a Christian to walk in light and to walk in darkness. And so if you have your Bible with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen. But it starts off like this. And I want you to listen to the words of this first verse in, in verse, five, or verse 8 here. It says, For you were once darkness. No, it doesn't say for you were once in darkness. That's interesting. But he says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. In other words, what Paul's trying to get across here is something very profound. He's like, listen, folks, this is how it works. To be a Christian means that you have been illuminated. To be a Christian means that you've been engaged, you've been initiated. A switch has been flipped. 
You were once dark, but now you were light. There is an internal change that just took place. You can't go about doing things the way you used to do because something inside of you, whether you like it or not, has flipped. Something's changed. You've been activated. You've got a green light. Ready, set, go. It's time to move. To use a spiritually sounding, a spiritual sounding word, but a word that makes some of us feel uncomfortable sometimes. In many ways, you've been enlightened. You've been enlightened. Let me, let me explain it this way before I lose you. Close your eyes for me just with just one second. Close, close your eyes. According to this Bible verse, spiritually speaking, keep your eyes closed, no peeking. Without the, transformation, without the transformational power of Jesus and what Jesus does, this is how you used to see the spiritual world. You were once darkness. Everything was dark. You couldn't see anything. But now pay attention. Keep your eyes closed. You can still live in darkness, can't you? Well, I hope you're all still living. This would be awkward. You can breathe. You can feel, you can dream in the dark, you can hug in the dark, you can love in the dark, you can laugh in the dark, you can make a family in the dark, you can do life in the dark, you can do all these things in the dark, but spiritually speaking, you're blind to Christianity. You, you couldn't see the world for what it was before Jesus came and gave you light. Now what's fascinating is you could hold a Bible in your hand but you couldn't actually read it because it didn't make sense. When your eyes are closed, when you're in the dark, you could go to church. But without the light of Christ, church was dark to you and it had no value. Now open your eyes. To be a Christian means to be people of light. That's what it means. It doesn't make you better than anyone. This is super important. Does it make you better to be light and someone else to be dark? Like, 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 does it make you better? It just means that you now see things differently than you did before. To walk as a Christian doesn't mean that you see light. Rather, it actually means that you are light. That's fascinating. It's not just that, boom, now my eyes are open and I can really see. It's actually from the inside out, I am light. Because of that, now I can contextualize this world. Now I can figure out what it means to actually live for Jesus. To be light in a dark world means to do, or sorry, um, to actually live for Jesus. It, it means that um, you become a, a mobile lighthouse. Like, like, like everywhere that you go, because you are light, it means that you bring light with you. That means in theory, this isn't the only place that we're light anymore. This means that when we go home with our spouse, we bring light there. When we're at home with our kids, we bring light here. When we go to work, when we go to school, when we live our life, we bring light everywhere that we go. This is, this is what, he's, what he's trying to communicate. Everywhere you go, the Christian illuminates darkness. So he starts off the verse. He says, for, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as people of the light. Live as children of the light. But then he says in verse 9, he says, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
And this is really telling. This is very helpful for us. Because what it says, it says, the byproduct of being a person of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. So what does goodness mean? Where, where, where's Paul going with this? To walk the Christian walks means that you have to do good in the world. It's not just that you have to do it. To be light means that you, you, just, you just you do it. Being a Christian isn't just about going to church. It's about being the church, right? Being a Christian isn't just about Bible studies. It's about Bible doings. To be light in a dark world means to do good in a dark world. That's what it means to be light. Light can't be dark. It doesn't work like that. You don't have that luxury. You don't have that option. Light can't be dark. Good can't be bad. Christians got to shine. So we have goodness. But then we have righteousness. And this is a fascinating word because we don't really use it all that much anymore. But to, to walk the Christian walk means to walk in a way that is right with God. You see, there's no such thing as dark light. There's no such thing as a flashlight that shines darkness. That doesn't exist. Now there's a black light. That was cool in the 90s. Black lights were cool. Black lights were cool at, I remember being 12 and going to a much music dance party when I was 12 in grade seven. And uh, they had black lights and that was cool. Laser tag made black lights cool. But there's no such thing as dark light. It doesn't actually work like that. Because darkness doesn't shine. Darkness is dark. And what's fascinating about that, darkness doesn't shine, but people don't actually shine either. In fact, it's the Christians or it's the people who try to shine that usually get themselves into trouble. Because it's not people that shine. The thing that shines when you're a Christian is actually Jesus inside of you. It's Jesus that shines. And in order to shine bright, it's actually your righteousness that gets illuminated. That's what the people see. Goodness Righteousness, the other byproduct of living a, a life of light, is truth. To walk the Christian walk means to walk in truth, means to, to walk in authenticity, it means to walk in humility. What you see is what you get. There's no hiding, there's no masking, there's no trickery, there's no loopholes. And as Christians, we're always trying to find the shortcuts and the loopholes, right? But to shine bright means that you illuminate darkness both around you, but the uncomfortable part of that means that you also shine the darkness that's inside of you as well. And light shines on your own stuff. Light makes you transparent. The world can see it. That's why we get called hypocrites oftentimes, because we forget that, that, that people can see our light. There's no hiding. It gets illuminated. Light makes you transparent and whatever, whether you welcome it or not, it really is your only option. The byproduct of being a person of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now you were once darkness, he says, Right? And then it says, but now you're light in the Lord, so live as children of light. And in verse 10 it says, and, and find out what pleases the Lord. 
What a great question. Like, have you ever sat and asked yourself that question? What am I doing now that pleases the Lord? Because that question creates a very healthy list for you to pursue. In fact, if, if you're a homework person and you want some homework this summer, if you want some homework today when you leave here, ask yourself that question. What am I currently doing that pleases the Lord? Because if God is God and God made everything and he made the universe, he made creation, he made humanity and God made you, if God made you specifically and intentionally on purpose, for a purpose, like he was involved in your design, then a life devoted to what pleases him will lead you to a life of fulfillment, will lead you to a life of satisfaction, lead you to a life of peace. This is what Paul's getting at here. This is where he's going with this. What am I doing that pleases the Lord? Let the light shine on that. And then verse 11 comes. And I like this verse. Here, here what Paul is doing is he, he, he's painting this very real picture. And it says, listen, guys and girls, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, I want you to notice what this verse doesn't say up there. It doesn't say, have nothing to do with the people who engage in the fruitless deeds of darkness. Because for some reason, this is how we typically interpret that. Have, have nothing to do with those people that do things, because I need to protect myself. This verse is not an evangelism verse. This verse is not a reaching your neighbor or loving your enemy type verse. This verse speaks specifically to your own behavior. If I was holding a flashlight right now to illustrate this verse, this verse would not be pointing at the world. This verse would be pointing at myself. It's as if Paul is saying these words. Dear Adam, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness in your own life, bro. But rather expose them, man. Like, like, like don't just learn to live with that stuff. People can see it. You're transparent now. You think you can hide it, but you can't. Deal with it. Get it out. Expose it. Get rid of it. You're created for more than this. Verse 12. And here he really tries to get the reader's attention. And he says, listen, guys, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Like, like it's not okay just to say, well, at least I don't do what they do. But he's saying, listen, even just to start talking about it, that's a problem. It's as if he's trying to say, guys, come on, there, there's no such thing as light with a little bit of dark. And sometimes what we do is we settle for that level of Christianity. I'm all in with a little bit of nod. I'm all light with a little bit of dark. Light is light and it's meant to shine bright. So that rhymes, so it's true. I learned that from Lego. Lean over to your neighbor and just give them a little shake. It's, we're after COVID, so you can make sure they're still awake. This is what I want you to say to them. Dim is dangerous. Dim is dangerous. Living with just enough light to see 
but not enough light to discern is going to get you in trouble. Living with just enough light to see, but not enough light to discern will get you in trouble. If you need to squint and you're looking and you're like, I think I know what I'm seeing. I think I can describe this. If you need to squint, you need more light. If, if you need to ask yourself, ah, is it okay if I do this? You probably need more light. If you need to squint, as you look at your situation, you ask yourself, well, how far is too far? Like, can, can, I, can I go all the way or like part way? At which point of the line does it become a sin? When you start asking yourself those questions because you can't quite see it, you need more light. Dim is dangerous. And to say it another way, forgive me for being a bit crass, but dim makes you dumb. And when we're trying to figure out life and we get okay with settling with the dim, we tend to do dumb things that we regret. Because we think that there's enough darkness to hide it. But that's not the way this is supposed to work. Verse 13. But everything, he says. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything. Everything. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. He said, you, you get this, friends? He's saying, in other words, don't be duped. You might be able to trick others into thinking that you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your spouse into thinking that you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your kids into thinking you're brighter than you are. You might be able to trick your coworkers, your friends, your Christian friends, your church, your pastor, your small group leader into thinking you're brighter than you are. You might even be able to trick yourself into thinking that you're brighter than you are. But you can't trick God. God uses light to illuminate our imperfections. And that's a pretty profound thought. And that is both really encouraging and a little bit scary all at the same time. Because you want to know the best part of that. If God uses light to illuminate our imperfections, the best part is the fact that God uses the light to, uh, to illuminate our imperfections so that way that we can know how bad we are. And at first you look at that and you're like, ugh. But it's not actually to show us how bad we are. That's just what we always assumed. He actually uses it to show us the areas in our life that need to be developed. God uses light to show us and remind us how much we need Jesus. God uses the light to, 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 to illuminate our imperfections, to, to, to wake us up. So that we can realize that like, there's more to living than just in this dim, dingy world. There, there is more. And this is why Ephesians 5 verse 14 says these words. He says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The New Living Translation says, wake up, and Christ will give you light. He'll give you light. And this is prophetic. And this is personal. And this is for right now. And this is speaking to somebody today. I know it. You've been sleeping, and your lights are off. And you 
may have been in the dark so long that your eyes have adjusted. And discerning darkness from light in this season right now is harder than it's ever been. Because you know, you know that feeling when, you're, when it's really, you're outside, it's really bright, and you go into a dark room, and it seems like you can't see anything. Then you just wait five, ten minutes, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can like, see everything. I've got, I can see in the dark. And this is what happens. But there's more to life than learning just how to live in the dark. Jesus has planned your life so much better. Jesus' plans for you are so much better than what you're experiencing. Let me, let, me, let me close by explaining it this way. Every human that's ever existed in all of time has been created as a light bulb in a package. Everybody created equal. We all have our box. We all have our insides. We all have the same story. We all come from the same manufacturer. God is the great light bulb maker. He created everybody on purpose for a purpose. We're all Duramax life, long life vanity bulbs. Now, everyone might be created equal, okay? But not everyone was born into equal opportunity. Some, some of you were born into a family that knew that on the inside of the box, you were a bulb that was created to shine and created to shine bright. And your parents told you about it. And you came to church and you had the opportunity to learn that you are actually more than just a box, but you are actually the bulb on the inside. You're not just a, 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 a soul with a body, but you're not just a body with a soul, but you're a soul with a body type thing, right? But there's others of you where, where you didn't have that opportunity. And so you grew up trying to figure out how to make sense of this. And, and to you, you're nothing more than a cube. I mean, you know on the inside you're fragile and you're breakable, but at the end of the day, this is who you are. This is what you are. You are a box. You didn't have anybody teach you. So you grew up trying to figure it out on your own. Now, God's been giving you hints. His fingerprints are all over you. I mean, your box even says that you are a light bulb. But until you begin to think outside of your box, you may grow up thinking that you were never anything more than a cube. Always looking for purpose, always looking for meaning. And to you, you've learned how to hold things, and now you think you've figured out life. Right? The church, however, the church is a light stand. The church is a light stand. And she looks like this. The light stand is a structure specifically created to help light bulbs shine. Now, what's interesting, though, some, some people don't know to call this a church. They just know this as a, a system, or they just know this as, as a, a, a pathway. They haven't, they haven't learned how to, how to call this thing what it is. Some call it a religion. And there's tons of light stands that represent different religions that exist out there. 
Christianity isn't the only stand that's meant, that was created to hold bulbs. There's many different stands. But, truth be told, there's only one type of stand that actually will illuminate a bulb. Because there's only one stand that's got power. One stand that's actually connected to a source. A source that means something, a source that can do something. And of course, that source is Jesus. And when you connect the light stand to the power source, then all of a sudden, this light stand can do what it's created to do. You can, you can go and find your way inside of it, turn it on, and now you have light. Now, if Christianity was that simple... Wouldn't all Christians shine bright then, <laughs> right? But they don't. Why is that? That's for this reason. Sometimes this may be you. Sometimes what takes place is you didn't learn that. You tried to get connected to the light switch without getting outside of your box. Some people, sometimes people try to get connected without actually getting connected. And, and you can come to church and be around church, but your light bulb won't get illuminated. And this is kind of frustrating for you because you're doing all the same Christian stuff. You're doing what everybody else does. You're here, aren't you? You're, you're, you're in the room, so why aren't you lighting up? Well, that's because, that's because you haven't taken that step to get out of the box and to vulnerably put yourself out there and get connected into the body, into the church. And this is the way it's supposed to look. Now there can be light. But for some of you though, sometimes what happens is you get plugged in and, and you do all the right stuff, but you just kind of stay there. And you don't actually ever turn the switch. You don't ever make that personal decision to allow Jesus into your life. And so for you, you're doing the right things, you're at the church service, you're in the socket, you're doing the right stuff, you are there, but there's no light being turned on because you haven't personally made that decision to go and actually turn that switch. You need to turn the switch. I can't turn the switch for you. You need to turn it yourself. And that's where you find the light, the hope. That's where life comes from. Sometimes people don't shine bright because what we've done is we've learned to hide our light too inside a box. Or we learn to hide our light underneath a basket. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or a box. Instead, they put it on a stand which gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You can't do Christianity like this, friends. You can't have light and put the box on when it's inconvenient. You can't be light in here and put the box on when you go home. You can't be light here and put the box on when you're around your kids or around your spouse. You can't put your light on here and then do this when you go to work. You're, you're not shining properly. You're still, you're, you're kind of shining. And some of you have gotten content with just kind of shining. 
but you're called to do more than just kind of shine. The final one is this. Sometimes people get caught up in life stuff. Maybe you lost a job during COVID and, and just things got attached to you. So you're shining, you're in the right spot, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're doing all the right things, but, but you got in a fight with your wife and, and you, you said things you shouldn't have said and you did things you shouldn't do and, and now you got, you, got, you got stuff attached to you. And, and things, you're stressed out and I get it, you're stressed. Life is hard, but you're making poor decisions and you're trying to find freedom in all the wrong places and things are just picking up and they're building up and you're still plugged in, but you've got stuff attached to you. And what I believe that God wants to do today is take these things off of you so that you can shine the way you were meant to shine. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to ask the Lord to come in a very real way. And ask God to speak to you. To, to, to meet with us here. Because why else, why else should we come? We want to meet with God. So if you're, if you're comfortable with it, you can put your hands out in a posture of receiving. Or maybe you want to close your eyes and just kind of forget about the person beside you because right now this is a holy moment between you and God. Jesus, I thank you that you're real. And right now in this moment, we stand before you as your light bulbs. And some of us in this room, we need to get out of our box. So Lord, would you give us boldness to do that right now? God, would you give us the courage to be able to say, you know what, I need, I need to stop doing what I've been doing and take that next step. I need to get out of my box. And some of you, you got out of the box, but you're plugged, you're plugged in the socket, but you haven't pulled, turned the switch. You haven't made the decision to officially and humbly invite Jesus into your life. If that's you, now is the perfect time to do it. You just invite him. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to be more like you. Be, would you be the Lord of my life, Lord? Give me light, oh Jesus. Some of you, you're here, you've done this so many times, and you're standing here convicted because you know that you've been putting a box on your light. You've been hiding your light under a basket, under a bowl. Your, 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 your light isn't shining in the places you know it should be. And I'm not pointing fingers to you, but I'm saying, friend, there is something better out there. So Jesus, would you encourage us today? You're not condemning us, you're encouraging us. Father, help us to live consistently so that our children can see what a real Christ follower looks like. It's mom and dad, not just a pastor. So that our spouse can see what a man of God looks like or a woman of God looks like. So our coworkers, our friends can see the true God in and through our actions. And for those of us who are here and life's been hard and you're plugged in and God knows you're plugged in and he blesses you. But there's a piece of you that's broken. You're discouraged. You're nervous. You're afraid. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe it's financial. Whatever your need, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come. Lord, you are our provider. Not our job, not anything we do, but you're our provider.
Lord, you're our counselor, the Bible says. Lord, you're our healer, the Bible says. You're our comforter, the Bible says. So, Lord, we pray that you would come in all of your forms. And, Father, that you would turn our lights back on. We love you, Lord. We give you this morning. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's sing together.